0: We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I am Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Colby Powell. Colby, happy belated 4th of July to you. Hope you had a good holiday weekend.
1: Yeah, definitely did. Played in a golf tournament back in my hometown of Chickasha, which was a lot of fun. Got to see a lot of people, hang out with the family. So uh, it's kind of nice. My dad's birthday is July 3rd, so we're always together for the 4th anyway, so it makes it a nice, fun celebration. So uh, good long weekend, and I saw that you had a good weekend with your 10th anniversary at KOCO. Yeah,
0: that uh, the years just fly by. I cannot believe it's it's been a decade, and Channel 5 was amazing. They got me... Like I've always kind of saved some of the bigger, you know, press media press passes, credentials, whatever you want to call them. And my fiance was sneaky. She kinda asked me where I kept them one time and I didn't remember her asking this. And so she snuck them up to channel five and they they framed the ones that I've kind of kept, you know, the twenty eleven OSU seasons in there. Uh, some of the some of the big bowl the fiesta bowls in there, some of the bigger OSU moments are in there as long as like as well as the NBA Finals, stuff like that. So that was that was really cool and then i'm like on the air on friday and they're like hey carson we need you to finish the six o'clock show at the desk i'm like that's weird i never do that what's going on that's strange and they introduce a spencer rattler cameo i'm like okay that's cool i'm running i'm running a story about rattler having a cameo at 10 what's i guess that's we're to getting the show like that and he starts doing a cameo for me in my 10 year anniversary which was like i was like in shock i was like it took me like 15 seconds for it to register what was actually happening so that was it, it was really well done by him too and it uh it was it was really cool so it, channel five went above and beyond for my for my 10 years
1: yeah that's pretty awesome 10 years is a big deal big milestone so huge congratulations to you thanks a lot man it
0: means a lot uh 10 years at koco 13 years in television uh just seems like yesterday i was up in Stillwater going to broadcasting class wondering if anyone would actually pay me to do this if i was making a huge mistake with my life so i've been uh i've been very lucky i've been very very lucky and i, I really appreciate that so uh without further ado enough about me let's get to chris's university spirit your one-stop cowboy shop be sure to shop at chris get you some osu gear this the football season and basketball seasons are rapidly approaching you're not going to want to wait till everything's sold out I'm sure Chris is getting stocked up for the fall season coming up. So if you're in Stillwater, stop by Chris's. Uh, Great place to shop there in Stillwater, America, and do it online as well. So we appreciate them sponsoring the podcast. Colby, we did not record due to the holiday uh, later in the week last week. And, man, we've got a lot to get to. Let's start with Chad Weiberg. I think this is a very important story for Oklahoma State, Clearly. He officially takes over for Mike Holder as the athletic director. He was introduced in Stillwater on Thursday. I was there for the press conference and just kind of wanted to get your thoughts before I kind of dove into to some of the things I observed.
1: Yeah, I just, it, it's such a smooth transition and that's what you like to see. Everything that I've heard about Chad Weiberg, I, I don't know, personally, I haven't met him. Everything I've heard is that he's just been the guy in waiting and that it is uh, going to be just a seamless transition from Mike Holder who has had an unbelievable tenure, who had an unbelievable tenure as Oklahoma State Athletic Director. He's incredibly polarizing there. His name's been in the headlines a few times while he's been there. But the success that he's had as AD, uh, I mean, it's it's unparalleled in the history of Oklahoma State Athletics, what he was able to do across the board at Oklahoma State. And now he hands over really an athletic department that is humming to Chad Weiberg. And Chad Weiberg just gets to come in and kind of take over the keys and, uh, I mean, you've got pretty much good coaches in all your positions. you got Gundy, Boynton, uh, Gajewski, Josh Holiday, Alan Bratton, Greg Robertson. I mean, you, you've got great coaches all across the board. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very confident, everything I've heard about Chad Weiberg, that he's awesome and he's going to take over and do a great job. So, I think it's a good, smooth transition for Oklahoma State.
0: No, it's it's about as seamless as you could possibly hope for because of that situation of bringing him in four years ago as the deputy athletic director, essentially athletic director in waiting. It was basically what he was. And I've gotten to meet Chad several times over the last four years and did a long sit down interview with him recently and interviewed him on Thursday. And everything you've heard about him, Colby, is absolutely true. He's just He's just a very genuine person. That's 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 my takeaway. Every time I've talked to Chad, he just you feel like you've known him for 10 years when you've talked to him for two minutes. That's kind of just the way he is. And he's just a genuine guy. He's an OSU guy through and through, went to school there, began his administration career in Stillwater. And I I did think it was interesting. I asked him at the press conference, you know, he took a job at Kansas State and then Texas Tech. And I just kind of asked him, like, you know, most people's dream jobs just. That they don't come to fruition due to timing due to someone, you know, like a, like a Mike Holder being in the position for a long time. And did he ever expect to come back? You know, I'm sure he, 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 he said, yeah, like when I took those jobs, like I kind of thought it wasn't meant to be, you know, I, but I, I thought it'd be good for my career that if something were to come open, that it, it would prepare me for this. And that's exactly what's happened. He's now, he was super successful at Kansas state, just as successful at Texas tech. So he really, did himself very well to put himself in this position to take over for Mike Holder. He now has the experience and he's been on the fundraising side of things. He's now been with Mike Holder for four years to get more of the scheduling side of things. And to me, Colby, it just, it's a perfect fit. He's the perfect candidate. It's just kind of my, my general takeaway.
1: Yeah. And I hope that we all don't take for granted Um just how smooth this whole thing is this isn't how it always goes and we all know that i mean we follow collegiate athletics we know that there are i mean look at what's happened at tennessee last few years where they're just rifling through athletic directors. Other universities just rifle through athletic directors like it's nothing. Texas can't seem to find an athletic director or any coaches that they like because the boosters have their thumb on everything. It's just not this smooth everywhere. There's problems always. There's always problems uh, whenever it comes to athletic director coaches just all over the country. There are big time problems uh, and and less than seamless transitions from uh, one athletic director Director to another, so hope Oklahoma State fans don't take for granted how smooth this is, and really how lucky we are to have had Mike Holder for as long as we did, and to now have Chad Weiberg fill in. You, you mentioned, you know, you talk to him for two minutes, you feel like you've known him for ten hours. Um, I will say. It was probably two, uh, two years ago. Could have been three years ago. I think it was two, though. Uh, Oklahoma State had a baseball regional or super regional or something in Arkansas. Maybe it was just a series. Maybe it was the golf tournament. I don't know. But my parents went out there. And so my mom calls me, and she's like, oh, my gosh. I just met this guy at dinner tonight at a restaurant. They bumped into Chad Weiberg. At a restaurant, she starts telling me about Chad Weiberg and how he's the athletic director and waiting and all this, and just ranted and raved about Chad Weiberg about how nice he was, about how you know he 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 bleeds orange just like the rest of us. And uh, I was like, all right, well, one of these days it'll all come to fruition and he'll take over and hopefully he can do a, a, as good a job as Holder's done all these years. And now he's actually in that position. Uh, it seems like it's it's been forever we've been wondering when it's going to be Weiberg's turn, and now it is Weiberg's turn, and I can't wait. To see See what he does
0: yeah it's gonna you got big shoes to fill I mean because just and and Chad was asked a lot about this at the press conference just what this campus looks like now when as opposed to when Chad was in school in like 94 just facility wise and I, I marvel at it I was there Thursday I just every time I go back to Stillwater I just cannot believe just what I what I see in terms of facilities I mean Oklahoma State, Make no mistake about it. They were a dead athletic program before Eddie Sutton got there. Eddie Sutton, I think, kind of really is credited for saving OSU athletics because they were in the dark ages. They had no football stadium, no money, no facilities. They, were, they weren't even really trying to compete when it comes to football in terms of their facilities. And you just look at what they have now under, under Mike Holder. They're one of the best in the country. They, they have the best among the best facilities in the entire country, which is just amazing in a place – like OSU, which not that long ago, as I mentioned, was in the dark ages. And Colby, I think we'd be remiss. And Chad got choked up when he was introduced, uh, thinking of his brother, uh, who, who was one of the ten members of the OSU plane crash. And it's hard not to get emotional. My, like my, I'm sitting there, and he's like breaking down, thinking about his brother. Like the OSU plane crash to me is is something that affected me because i felt like i knew bill Tegans. i felt like i knew daniel lawson i watched every game he played i felt like i knew nate fleming rooting for him to come off the bench you know i didn't know any i didn't know any of those guys but just it got a little emotional in the room when when he was talking about his brother and uh you know he he wished he was there uh in my interview with him actually colby he said his daughter unbeknownst to him or just brought one of his old brother's sweatshirts one of his old osu sweatshirts to the press conference so actually, i thought it was really cool and to me just kind of shows you how deep the ties are for the Weiberg family to Oklahoma state, even though they, they suffered just an incomprehensible tragedy. They, they still love the school, you know, through and through. And I think that's that, that, that was an important uh, note, I think from Thursday and Chad's introduction.
1: Yeah, I think so too. It's, it's, it's always so hard for me. I was so young when the plane crash happened. I, w- I was eight years old, so I don't remember it uh, very vividly at all. You know, I remember something bad happened, but I was I was eight. You don't understand the full gravity of it. And as I get older and I, you know, I know what happened. I've heard about it. I, I've seen the coverage. I've seen the the memorial up there. I've been to the, remember the 10 run. I've, I've seen it all. And yet every time someone talks about their personal experience, it, it's just... I learn again, I relearn just how big of a deal this was for Oklahoma State and just how devastating it was for so many people. And it, it just it I, I want to think of the right way to say this, it, it, it just further solidified um, everything that that the Oklahoma State family is as a family, you know, being there for each other for 20 years now uh, on the wake of this plane crash. And and there have been other tragedies at Oklahoma State that have taken place. But I do think that it is um, incredibly special for Chad Weiberg to now hold this position, considering his history at Oklahoma State and the history, uh, obviously, with his brother. So uh, I think that that's very, very special and a tie to a university that just not a lot of people can have. So um, it's. It's still, every time we, we talk about it, it is, it is emotional. It's emotional for a lot of people. It, it was a tough, tough time, and it's tough to relive it. Uh, but it's part of Oklahoma State, and it's part of what makes the Oklahoma State family. So uh, Chad Weiberg taking over, I think, is, is very, very special.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And I, I thought it was really cool. Just one last note before we move on. <laughs> the press conference was over. And this is why Larry Reese is just the best because Mike Holder, it was pretty clear. He didn't want to be recognized at all. He was not up on the, the stage with the, with his name placard or anything. He was in the crowd. Didn't want anyone to acknowledge him. Chad Weiberg thanked him, but then Larry takes the mic as the press conference is over and goes, uh, at ri- I'm taking like my own fate, in my own hands here, but let's give Mike Holder a hand for 16 years. Everyone gave him a standing ovation. He's like, I don't think he can fire me today because <laughs> he's no longer the AD. So Larry Reese's job is safe. And I thought that was a cool touch to, uh, from Larry to to get Mike a little bit of a, an applause because he he certainly deserves it. So Larry
1: Reese is the GOAT. Larry Reese is awesome.
0: I just, I can't imagine walking in a Boone Pickens stadium or gallagher arena and not hearing his voice. Like I just, no. th- it just, it that will be a seismic out. shift when that happens. And I hope it doesn't happen for another 40 years, 50 years. No.
1: That day will never come. I refuse to accept the fact that we will one day live in a world where you walk into Boone Pickens or Gallagher-Iba and don't hear Larry Reese. I refuse to accept that as reality.
0: Hopefully by then we have technology, you know, like all these hologram, you know, celebrities they can do. Hopefully we can just clone his voice to where it's just, it just turns into the Gallagher-Iba voice, you know, hopefully that's something we can, we can do technologically wise by the time that happens. So I mean, I mean, uh, Huge recruiting weekend for, for Oklahoma State football, and man, this was this was huge news, no mistake about it. Uh, Talon Shetron from Edmund Santa Fe, the, the fifth highest rated commit in OSU history. He's a wide receiver from Edmond Santa Fe, number 63 overall player in the 2021 class. He commits largely due to OSU offering his brother, uh, Tabri Shetron, who's a tight end, only has a couple offers. But who cares, Colby? I mean, I, I love this move from Mike Gundy. Look, a school like Oklahoma was thought to get his brother Talon, and Oklahoma's in a position where they can't really be offering Shetron's brother because – or they shouldn't be, rather, because they're in on, like, the best tight ends in the country. They're on the best running backs in the country. They, they only get 25 scholarships. So I think Oklahoma State did a great job here by offering his brother who – who, who knows? Could could end up being an, an all-Big 12 type player. We don't know. So I, I, I love getting the, the brothers as a package deal.
1: Yeah, I said this last week when the news broke. This is a much bigger win for OSU than it is a loss for OU. OU's not hurting at receiver. OU's just going to, you know, plug, plug another 97 overall rated guy into that recruiting spot. They'll go get a big tight end. It's not that big of a loss for OU, but for OSU, it is a huge loss get to get a receiver that's rated this high 97.3 overall rated recruit uh to give you some some kind of a reference point des bryant was 97.8 so kind of in that same uh in that same kind of arena right there. Other than that, Talon Shetron will be the second highest receiver rated prospect ever come into Oklahoma state and his brother, uh, Tabry, as far as I know, um, is a good player. He's not, you know, all world going to be this crazy high rated recruit, but he's a good player who's improving and, Maybe after his senior year, he would have gotten more looks from other places. But who knows? Happy to have both of them, um, Talon and, and Tabrian. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing Talon. And I got to tell you, Carson, even though I say not that big of a loss to OU, they'll just plug another guy in right there. Pretty sweet to pull a, uh, a commitment from the Sooners.
0: Oh, it's, it's big time. And, again, this is what you need to do if you're Oklahoma State. Like go go get them by any means necessary. And look, the the brother situation has worked out pretty good for Oklahoma State over the years, recruiting, you know, brothers, uh, twin brothers, and all that. So, to me, Colby, it reminds me a lot of I don't this. I'm showing my age here, and you were probably like five years old when this happened, <laughs> but you know, the Minor brothers, Ryan and Damon Miner <laughs> from Oklahoma. I know for I know people that knew them. They grew up OSU fans. They both wanted to go to OSU. Both great baseball players. Ryan was an unbelievable basketball player. Spent time in the NBA briefly. Uh, really was a thorn in OSU's side basketball wise uh, for a lot of years. But Gary Ward didn't want to offer Damon Meyer. He just wanted Ryan. He didn't wanted he didn't want to offer the brother. Maybe this was an OU football type situation that you mentioned where. You know, they're just going to go plug and play another another four or five star at the time because Gary Ward was rolling. But that was a big mistake because Damon Miner turned into an All-American. Uh, the Sooners won a national championship, and Damon Miner ended up playing in the, in the big leagues. And Ryan Miner did as well. Ryan Miner now a trivia question because he replaced Cal Ripken the first time Cal Ripken's consecutive games played streak came to an end. But to me, it kind of reminds me of that where take the brother – and who knows, Damon Miner ended up being a professional and he ended up being a great college baseball player. So that, that for some reason, my, that, that, that popped into my brain.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good one. That's a good comparison. I definitely, from an Oklahoma State standpoint, take the brother. Oklahoma State's had a ton of success, like you said, with brothers in the past, and look, we, we obviously know that Taylor's this high-rated prospect, but we don't know what Tabry could turn into. I mean, he's he's practicing. He's putting in the work. Uh, obviously, pretty good genetics running the Shetron family, so um, I'll take my chances with the brother as well. I can't wait for these guys to come in. It's Carson, it's amazing what Oklahoma State is doing with this class. I I, I don't know. You you make sense of it. I, I can't figure it out. I kind of thought, uh, you know, last summer we were having very different conversations about the state of the program. And now it's just like, uh, gosh, we look like Bitcoin back in February. just a green line going straight up. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's everything we've been asking for. Oklahoma State now is up to number four in the Big 12. They're under number three if you do it uh, on the, on the quality over the quantity, the quantity kind of skews some of the team rankings, but due to the quality of recruit per recruit, they're number three in the big 12 and they're, they're top 20 in the entire country right now. And that's absolutely where Oklahoma state should be great job by Mike Gundy getting them here, but I'm a little frustrated that it took this long. I mean, this is where Oklahoma state, we, we just talked about the facilities uh, they're in a fertile recruiting ground with Texas right there. You don't have to you don't have to leave the state of Texas or Oklahoma for your entire recruiting class every year. It's not as if you got to go pluck guys nationally. And great job. I mean, they're they're doing an outstanding job. They got a cornerback commitment from uh, Dylan McKinney, out of Colleyville, and uh, they're just they're doing a, a great job at every position recruiting wise. And this is
1: absolutely where OSU should be. So great job by Mike Gundy getting them in the top twenty. Yeah, and they're recruiting the state of Oklahoma incredibly well. Not just the Shetrans. I mean, they've got recruits from all over the state of Oklahoma. Uh, class still ranks fourth in the Big 12, but on a per player average basis, it would actually rank third behind only Oklahoma and Texas. So Oklahoma State's doing a great job on the recruiting trail. And I mean, we all know that that's, that's really what it comes down to. It's it's uh, You can coach all you want. You can do all these different things. You got to have guys on the field to go make plays. And that's why Oklahoma's dominated the conference. Oklahoma's had better players than pretty much everybody across the board you can make an argument that in terms of talent Texas has been close it's just been such a dumpster fire down there everywhere else that they can't get their act together but uh, for Oklahoma State it's been a while since they've uh really stacked recruiting classes on top of each other that were pretty good we we usually spend this time of year complaining about Oklahoma State being ranked 46th in recruiting it's kind of nice to take a break from that for for a summer Carson
0: uh it's very nice it's it's absolutely where they should be I will caution people though uh, not to be a negative Nancy or Debbie Downer here, Rutgers is number 10 in the country. I don't think Rutgers is going to finish it in a, with a top 10 recruiting class. So it does pay a little bit to get your commits early. Oklahoma State's done that. But man, they've got some star power. And I think if you combine this, getting some big names like the Shetron brothers and, and some of the other recruits they've gotten combined with, you know, Mike Gundy's made a success on his evaluations of guys who aren't ranked and really hurt their team recruiting rankings, which is why they're in the 40s, who end up becoming, you know, all Big 12 caliber players like a Malcolm Rodriguez. I don't think he really elevated their team recruiting rankings when he committed out of, uh, out of Tulsa area. So you combine their evaluations with getting some big fish. I think that that really that really gives you a fighting chance to win a Big 12 championship, because let's face it, Colby, over the last five years, they haven't really had a fighting chance.
1: Yeah, my thing is, like, just get to Dallas. Just just get to Arlington, to the stadium. How many teams have made it now? Texas has been there. OU, obviously. Texas has been there. TCU's been there. Baylor's been there. Iowa State's been there. Half the conference has been there, Carson. Half the conference has been there. Oklahoma State's been the second best team in the Big 12 for a decade, and Oklahoma State hasn't been there. Oklahoma State, I saw Caden McFarland up there in Tulsa tweeted this out last night. Big 12 teams and the number of years since the program's last losing season. OU hasn't had a losing season in 22 years. For OSU, it's been 15 years since they've had a losing season, which is You think about where Oklahoma State football was, that's pretty impressive. After that, you drop off to Texas and Iowa State, who are both at four. TCU and West Virginia are both at one. Everybody else had a losing year last season. Oklahoma State is unequivocally the best team in the conference over the last 10 to 15 years. And half the conference has been to Arlington. Oklahoma State hasn't been there. So we got to make that happen sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that tweet. That that really just shines a light on – Mike Gundy and the job he's done. I mean, schools like Texas, it's only been four years. Uh, obviously they've been a mess, but it also shows you that, you know, he's he's capitalized on the rest of the conference, not named Oklahoma. And I think that's a, that's a huge credit to him. And, you know, I ran a sound by this weekend real quick before we move on Colby, you know, Chad Weiberg called Mike Gundy, a hall of fame coach. And one of our, Uh, one of our camera ops, who will remain nameless, was like, did that guy just call Mike Gundy a Hall of Fame coach? And in full disclosure, this guy's an OU fan. And so we went to commercial, I turned and said, he's absolutely a Hall of Fame coach. He's like, he started laughing. He was like, how many conference titles does he have? I was like, he has one. I go, how many does Bill Snyder have? Do you think he's a Hall of Fame coach? And he just kind of got quiet from there. Because like, I looked it up. Gundy has, like, two less career losses than Dabo Swinney, and he's only coached, I think, two more years than he has. Like, he's one of the – he's top – I think he's top six or seven in active wins. Like, Mike Gundy's put together a Hall of Fame resume. We all wish he would have won more conference championships, but so does Kansas State, so does Bill Snyder. That's just <laughs> – that's part of doing business in, in this league with Oklahoma. You know, that's just that's just – nobody beats Oklahoma you know, unless they're named Alabama or Clemson or LSU. So I think Mike Gundy, he doesn't quite get his due nationally and amongst people outside of Stillwater, which I, I, find, I find kind of amazing, really.
1: Well, and Carson, his legacy would be a lot different uh, if not for the, the BCS nonsense in 2011. His legacy would be a lot different. Oklahoma State would have drummed that LSU team. He'd have a national championship, and that changes your legacy. But that's not how it went. So now he gets looked at as this guy that can't ever climb the mountain. And look, I get it. He's never been to the mountaintop. But uh, he's just kind of stuck around about 80% of the way up the mountain. And there are a bunch of programs around college football that would love to be that far up the mountain. So, um, yeah, Mike Gundy, look, I've been critical of him at times. We all have. It hasn't been perfect. Nothing's perfect. But it's been pretty consistently good for a long time.
0: Yeah, I, I actually brought that up. Like, look, I was like, he didn't have a say. Uh, in the national championship game that he, I, I'm totally with you. I'll go to my grave believing they, they beat that LSU team. And, he, and here's the reality though. They essentially won a playoff game that year. They won a final four playoff game. That Stanford team right. would be in a 14 playoff with Oklahoma state, Alabama and LSU. They were basically an NFL team with the number one overall pick at quarterback in Andrew luck and they beat them. So that's essentially like winning a semifinal game in my opinion.
1: And this wasn't a 2020 situation where half the players on each team decided they didn't want to play in the bowls. This is back when guys cared about the bowl game. Everybody laced it up and wanted to go get after it and win the bowl game. So this was not uh, a situation where a bunch of guys didn't take the field.
0: That Stanford team was so good. I remember being down the field uh, before the game. Their offensive line, Colby, was terrifying. I mean, they had – I think every dude on that offensive line got drafted. I mean, they were, they were an NFL team coached by Jim Harbaugh, or I guess, I guess Shaw just taken over beat Andrew Luck. Oh God. That was, that was a national semifinal. And it's just a shame they didn't get to play it out the next round against, against Bama, but Bama shouldn't even have been there, but I will, this is a whole nother podcast. I could go for a week (laughs) talking about 2011. Uh, Let's let's move on to some name image and likeness news. You know, AJ Ferrari, the, the wrestler from Oklahoma State, national champion, he was already a marketing machine before this name, image, and likeness came out. He already had his 665-pound deadlift, baby. Hey. He already had that tagline, that quote. He was already like a, a professional wrestler cutting promos, but now he's partnered with Near Fall Clothes. He's got his own T-shirt line. And of all the, of all the athletes in the non-revenue sports, I think, I think AJ Ferrari might have the most earning power.
1: Oh, yeah, and the non-revenue sports, this dude's going to be a star. I mean, this guy's got uh, – I'm looking at these shirts right now. AJ Ferrari, Mr. Fast Twitch on the front and then on the back, 665-pound deadlift, baby. It's uh, <laughs> These shirts are sweet, man. I want one. These are awesome. He definitely, in terms of non-revenue sports, I think he'll be the one cashing in the most. This is uh, good for him. And honestly, I think it's been fun to watch – kind of everything that's played out with the nil so far we're about a weekend and i think it's been kind of fun to see it all play out so far and I, I might need to alter
0: it if i get this and put a little decimal between the six and the five like a 66 and a half pound deadlift nice i, I don't know if i can carry a i don't know if i can wear a shirt that says 665 pound deadlift because people would look at me and be like i don't think so bro if they didn't see the front of the shirt and realize it was the aj ferrari shirt
1: right yeah but that's just right. You'd have to wear it around Stillwater if you just wore it. Uh, that wouldn't be a T-shirt that you could take on vacation and wear in Florida. Somebody think you're a tough guy and try to try to try you.
0: Yeah, they look at my legs and be like, "There's no way, bro." Like, a you, you new shirt. <laughs> uh, his name's AJ Ferrari. First of all, I don't I don't think we've made enough about that. Like, the guy's name is AJ Ferrari, and he's just he's got charisma in spades, and I can't wait to watch his career because. We talked about this when he won the national title, Colby, he could become the first five time national champion if he if he runs the table throughout his career, because he gets that extra year due to COVID. And he obviously has the talent already winning a national title as a freshman is just it's so hard to do in that sport to run through your tournament and win it. It's it's dang near impossible. And he's done it as a freshman so that it's gonna be fun to watch him. And I I can't wait to see what other content he comes up with. I I think T-shirts is just the beginning.
1: Yeah, I need someone to verify this for me, but I had someone tell me a few weeks ago or maybe back whenever this was all happening that AJ Ferrari actually might end up being the second guy to win five individual national championships. Uh, It hasn't happened yet, but apparently there's an older kid that already has two or three and is a year or two older than AJ Ferrari. Who's also getting the COVID year who Mm. could also get to five. So if that kid gets to five, then AJ could potentially be the second guy to get to five. Uh, But I don't claim to be a a collegiate wrestling expert. Uh, Someone could tweet at us and verify that for me. That would be great. But yeah, his name is AJ Ferrari built in marketing advantage that your name is AJ Ferrari. What I can't wait for Carson. (laughs) and we've talked about this before i'm very much looking forward to the uh netflix series about his family where we just get the tell all of everything that happened in the ferrari house growing up i'm not
0: kidding i think i think they could be the next not maybe to this extent but in terms of just a television show i think they could be the next kardashians in terms of having a show that everyone watches maybe jersey shores a better analogy i'm not sure but their family just has charisma i can't you can't take your eyes off his dad when they show him up in the stands because he a he looks like he would murder a a grizzly bear with his bare hands i think he would and i think he would and i just their entire family looks like they all have charisma and character and i just that's a multi multi-million dollar deal for their family that's just just sitting right there i need to like go up to Stillwater and like just be their pr person and get that deal done so i can get a kickback in it too
1: (laughs) yeah the n in nil stands for netflix make it happen netflix make it
0: happen i mean it's just it's a gold mine waiting to happen and i I hope it does because i can't wait to watch if if they do so so uh one last note before we move on uh i think you had a you had a story you wanted to bring up, too, but some big news in the Big 12. You know, Oklahoma's already dismissed uh, Trajan Bridges and Seth McGowan, two players who were, are really, really key players. I mean, a backup running back and then a, a starting wide receiver booted off the team for an alleged armed robbery. Well, a third player is now tied to that robbery, and a, a warrant was issued for his arrest. It's Mikey Henderson, who he's played H-back slash tight end. They're, they moved him to running back this year he scored a touchdown against Oklahoma state in bedlam. in that one of those little gadget plays that Lincoln Riley loves to run against OSU. And he's been dismissed from the team. So that's three players who actually play for OU that have been dismissed. So I, I thought that was a uh, noteworthy with, big 12 media Day is coming up next weekend or next week. Yeah.
1: And it's, it's still so difficult to make sense of this. It's just from time to time, you see this with college kids where they just do something so stupid and, you know, you hope it doesn't ruin their life, but they've made, they made their decision. Now they have to live with the consequences. It's just, it's amazing with everything that was headed their way with the NIL stuff coming out opportunities to make money that they felt the need to go commit armed robbery. But you know, They made their decision. I understand that they're young kids and and, and people do stupid stuff when they're young. Um, A bunch of us did stupid stuff when we were young and we never found our names on a felony arrest warrant for armed robbery. So they've got to pay the price for their actions. And, uh, so far, the price is no longer getting to play at one of the best football programs in the country, and the consequences will only get worse from here. So uh, tough for those three kids. For OU, yeah, it's tough. It's you know, it's next man up, and OU's got talent across the board, but these guys were going to play. I mean, some of these guys, a couple of these guys were expected to maybe be stars. So uh, tough for OU, and they do have a lot of talent. They've got a lot of depth but that depth takes a hit whenever all of a sudden you have three guys at skill positions who you thought were going to be there They go out and do something stupid. And now those guys aren't going to be on the field. So I don't know if that will have any impact on them winning the conference or some regular season games and stuff that happens, but that's, that's a tough deal. I just, the more that comes out about it, the more it's kind of unbelievable. Just like, what, what are we doing here?
0: Yeah. Like this isn't just, this isn't your normal football player gets in trouble Type deal. These are like these are felonies. These are things they can do prison time for, and it's sad because these guys, you play at a school like Oklahoma, there's there's a legit chance you can play in the NFL, and I I think Trajan Bridges had a chance to play in the NFL for a long time, and now he's staring down, you know, the court system and potentially the prison system. It's just sad when these guys waste opportunities that people just just don't get and uh and you're right just three starters and that hurts your depth and then once you get into the season injuries start happening like this this is a big blow for Oklahoma and that's why I bring it up because you know they're the favorites to win the league as they should be but I mean they've already had some attrition and that attrition can add up once the once the season starts so they'll probably get into the transfer portal nowadays you can just get a guy next week in the transfer portal so you're right. Oh, you will probably replace these guys. But it's just the the stupidity is just it, it just it hurts your brain. Just like, why would you do this when? And the thing that bothers me, Colby, is like, like football players on college campuses, and especially at a place like Oklahoma are celebrities. Like, why are you doing this? And like, apparently it was over marijuana. Like there's marijuana shops at every street corner in every town in Oklahoma. Now, like I just uh, just it, you, you can't even wrap your brain about what these kids were thinking. So
1: Yeah, I, I will say you said something about Trajan Bridges, especially having a chance to play in the NFL. Assuming he doesn't go to prison and is able to go play at some smaller school, one thing we know, the NFL gives unlimited chances to guys with talent doesn't matter what you've done. You get unlimited chances in the NFL. So who knows? Maybe, and if, and if these guys do turn their life lives around and, and do something good with their lives, I would love to see that. Obviously, it won't be at the University of Oklahoma. So uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see how it all plays out.
0: Yep, uh, Big 12 Media Days uh, next week. I forgot to look to see who OSU was bringing. I don't know if they've announced that or yet or not. Uh, <clears throat> it's pretty busy during the holiday weekend, but Big 12 Media Days yeah. next Wednesday and Thursday
1: have I haven't
0: uh, seen it yeah I don't I don't know if they have or not I mean I assume who would you guess they'd bring I would say uh Trey Sterling most likely he's good with oh, the media Trey Sterling uh, might take Spencer, Trey Sterling and Colby Harvell Peel Spencer Sanders maybe it's been a long time since she yeah. brought a quarterback I think it's been since Rudolph uh you think they'll take LD Brown I think that'd be pretty cool for LD yeah they'd probably leave like they don't like bringing like no team brings quarterbacks anymore, which just is just the dumbest idea ever. I remember recovering it in 09 and you had Sam Bradford, Chase Daniel, Colt McCoy, you know, Zach Robinson. Yeah, it was like star studded and all the quarterbacks were there. Now nobody brings a quarterback just because they, they're they curmudgeons.
1: Yeah, I would say Colby Harville Peel, Trey Sterling, LD Brown, and then. Oh, who are we forgetting? I probably just, I don't know who's, who's a good talker. That's what we need to know. We need to know who's a talker for that last spot. Malcolm Rodriguez could take it. Maybe uh, several guys on the D line that would be good candidates, but I don't know who's a good talker. So uh, maybe, maybe somebody will show up. That's kind of a wild card. Yep. We'll wait and see. Uh, It's down at, it's at, it's
0: at uh, Jerry world, Dallas Cowboys stadium in Arlington. It was supposed to be there last year, but obviously COVID happened. The year before, it was at the Star in, in uh, on Dallas Cowboys' turf. So that'll be fun to get back in uh, Jerry World. It'll be, a, be the first time oshu has been there in a while since I think they played Florida State. So that'll be a lot of fun to to see and the spectacle of it all. So you had one more note on uh, Victor Hovland before we go.
1: Victor Hovland is a man of the people. Victor Hovland is from Norway. Victor Hovland is in Norway. Norway. He went up and played in Germany a couple of weeks ago, and then he was just having a summer vacation at home, not doing any media, just having a summer vacation at home, and then he's going to go play the Open Championship coming up next week. Um, I believe Royal Liverpool is where that's at, and Victor Hovland made a tee time to just go play in, in, in Norway, and I guess in Norway, there's this system where they put the tee times uh, all in this computer system, so some guy goes into a tee time and he notices in the group right behind him is uh, Victor Hovland's name on the sheet, and he thought somebody was just playing a prank. I mean, it's Norway. Hovland's a big deal over there, and uh, so he posted it to Facebook. And just kind of started laughing about it, and then people figured out this is real. Victor Hovland is playing this golf course this afternoon in Norway, and Victor Hovland is a mega celebrity in Norway. So, Victor Hovland shows up for his tea time, and there are already like. Two, three, four hundred people waiting for him on the range. The Amazing. other guys out there, these other poor amateurs who have no idea what's going on are out there hitting balls in front of hundreds of people probably have the shanks uh, because they've never done that before. Victor Hovland did not back out of the tee time. He did not ask that people don't follow him around. You know what he did? He took selfies and signed autographs in between swings on the driving range. He took selfies and signed autographs all day while he played his round. He talked to people. He was a man of the people in Norway. And that's just going to make people love him even more. Uh, one father and son drove seven hours, like 310 oh. miles, drove seven hours when they found out that Victor Hovland was playing that afternoon. Another guy who was a doctor said that he canceled all of his patients for the day and flew in from like three or 400 miles away. He uh, He said he had to speak on anonymity because he told all of his patients that he had a big meeting that afternoon, so he couldn't see anybody <laughs> that day. I'm like Victor Hovland is a big big deal in Norway and he is a man of the people I just thought it was such a cool story
0: I mean it doesn't get any better than that and you know he is golf in that country they've never had a player of his caliber before they never had a player from Norway win a European tour event which he has and first PGA tour winner from that country he really is a a groundbreaking athlete from that country and they're a they're a very proud nation when it comes to sports. You know, they're always they're always up there in the winter Olympics, those types of sports. But now they're up there in golf under Victor. And it's just cool to see the, the jovial kid we we've grown to love in Stillwater America to go to go see him be like this beloved hero in his home country. That's that's amazing. And I think it speaks to him that he went ahead and just played this muni with all those people there. I think some some other pros would have just gone to some exclusive country club somewhere. I assume Norway has those and just not wanting to be bothered. But Victor's a man of the people. He's like the Pied Piper of Norway. That's
1: fantastic. Yeah, it was just so cool. And and just, that's so Victor, isn't it? He's always just this jovial, happy-go-lucky guy. That's just, that's so Victor to do that. And I'm glad that that story was publicized and made public because it just, it sheds a little light on just how cool Victor is. And, uh, you know, it can't be, easy to just be having vacation in your home country. And now you've got to take sign autographs, take pictures all day long. All you were trying to do was go play around to golf. You're probably hoping to go play with your buddies, playing three hours. Now you're going to be out there for five or six hours because you're taking pictures and signing autographs all day. But you know what? He did it. He did it with a smile on his face. Uh, he loves the people. So really, really cool stuff from Victor Hovland, who will play in a major championship next week. And then he's soon to be an Olympian right alongside Alex Noren, another Oklahoma State cowboy who We'll be in the olympics yeah noren
0: almost won last week
1: too so he's playing he really did. well yeah. coming
0: into a Ryder cup year so hopefully we'll have two Oklahoma state guys on the Ryder cup team and it's funny like of these 300 and so uh these 300 something amount of people that showed up like i'm surprised no one like just took victor's bag for him and just started carrying it like <laughs> nobody could have caddied for him victor is just such a man of the people he carried his own bag the whole time too he did. that was great oh, so that, that was a cool story and uh again, we had a a big holiday weekend, OSU recruiting is on fire. Great job by Mike Gundy. And I'm, again, I'm just thrilled for, for Chad Weiberg and his family. I think he's going to be an unbelievable athletic director. And, and one last note on that too, he was asked by Barry Trammell about, you know, not many people want to get into administration, but it seems as if Weiberg knew that when he was in college, you know, his, his uncle's Kevin Weiberg, who used to be commissioner of the big 12, tried to get the big 12 network going. And, they couldn't get that done. So now he, he created the big 10 network and he, he he apparently Colby when Chad Weiberg was a kid built out of Legos, Lewis field and Gallagher Iba arena. Nice. And he had a fascination with the facilities in Stillwater and just Stillwater in general at a very young age. So I think it's very cool that now his office is right there in Gallagher Iba arena, right next to the football stadium. It's pretty Pretty poetic for a guy who loves OSU, and I know his brother's certainly proud of him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's so cool. Uh, glad it all took place the way it did, and it's all going just so, so smooth. So, uh, very cool to see, and just can't really wait for him to get going. I, I don't really know what's on his plate at the start. Uh, non-conference scheduling, I guess. Non-conference scheduling's pretty good over the next decade. So, uh, can't wait to see what he does in his tenure at Oklahoma State.
0: Yep. First on the books for him, he wants fans to come back. He said, you know, it's we're kind of out of the routine of going to Stillwater and he's right about that, but get your season tickets. They're, they're offering great prices and I, I fully expect Boone Pickens to be just packed to the hilt because uh, OSU's going to be good again. Uh, Mike Gundy has got recruiting rolling. we got some great talent like Brennan Presley coming through the ranks and then the Shetron brothers next year. So it's, it's a fun time to follow OSU. Colby, we will get back with you uh, later in the week. Yes, sir. Go folks.